plenty. But of course you are. Plenty are too. Named after your father, perhaps. Hi, this is Lana Wood. I was Plenty O'Toole in Diamonds Are Forever, but nevertheless, you can see this, hear this. You can't see it. Well, maybe you can if you're really special on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. $267,000. I'll shuttle for one dance with Domino. Can you play any other tune? Something we're making for the Americans. It's called a ghetto blaster. May I cut in? Again, Sam. It's a charming tune. Welcome to the 12th episode of Bond Music 6 the Best, our ongoing discussion of the Bond movie soundtracks. I'm your host, Jared Ulrich, the Yard Sale Artist. Joining me, as always, to lend authenticity and credibility to the show, my best friend, Alan J. Porter. Welcome back, Alan. Thank you, Jared. I'm not sure about the credibility piece, but we'll go with it. I might have gone deep there. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> well, we are going to do what we've advertised to do. We're going to do six of the best. And basically, that means we're going to have a discussion of the main theme song for Tomorrow Never Dies. And boy, is there some stories there. And then we swap on each episode who has the lead. This episode, I have the lead. So I'm going to pick three of my favorite tracks from the Tomorrow Never Dies soundtrack. And then Alan's going to come behind me with his three favorite tracks. That's where you get your six of the best. And then we're going to have the bonus track. So we're probably going to give you eight, and sometimes we slip in more here. And just trust us on the whole numbers thing. That's how it's going to work. If that made sense to you, great. If it didn't, well, just keep listening. It'll all come together. <laughs> <laughs> we hope. We hope. <laughs> so, yes, we are going to be discussing the main theme, six additional tracks, and then a bonus track. This month, we could record this episode from Stuttgart and still create the desired effect as we dive into the music of Tomorrow Never Dies. Okay, as always, we are indebted to John Burlingame's excellent, amazing, and awesome book, The Music of Bond. It is the primary resource for what we do on the show. We love it. We encourage you to go get yourself a copy, available at Amazon.com, your bookstores, places like that. So the overall soundtrack went a little bit like this. If you tuned in last episode, you got a vibe for how the whole GoldenEye thing went, <laughs> which Alan did a wonderful job of laying out that tale slash train wreck slash story. And so they definitely wanted to get back to a more traditional Bond sound after the Eric Sarah incident. I guess you could say that happened with GoldenEye. Ex experiment was the word they used. Experiment is the good word. I like that. So they went back to John Barry. Unfortunately, negotiations with Barry kind of fizzled out over two things. One, Barry wasn't being given the creative freedom he wanted for the main theme song because we'd reached the point now where it's a bit more commercialized. They were uh, allowing creators to have more control over the theme song, like the actual creators involved, and not so much the musical director of the film like Barry wanted to be. So some control had been taken away. He wasn't big on that. And then, of course, what does it always come down to, Alan? 
Money, money, money. <laughs> money, money, money. We're not making Barry's asking price as well. From what I read, it was actually even worse than that. It's not like they weren't matching his asking price. They were actually offering him less than every other A-list composer was getting. This is John Barry. He done what? <laughs> Ten films for them at this point? It's the guy yeah. who created the Bond sound, and they try and shortchange him. I mean, come on. <laughs> Don't go cheap on, on the Barry. I mean, how many Academy Awards is the guy has sitting on his mantle? I don't know, but at least a couple it has to be for his body of work. If not, he should have at least 100 by my account. But anyway, so Barry bows out and they start looking at this cat named David Arnold. He caught their attention because he did some pretty good work on Stargate, which is a movie I love, and also Independence Day, which also had a pretty darn good soundtrack. But most of all, he came to their attention because he had put together a collaboration cd called shaken and stirred we don't get paid to do promos on this show but i gotta tell you guys it's well worth your money to go find you a copy of shaken and stirred it's available on amazon and most places that sell cds you should totally pick it up alan you look like you have something you want to say about this (laughs) go ahead no i i agree i actually didn't have a copy until probably 18 months ago i was blown away by it it's brilliant i mean it's an audition tape for being the bond composer he couldn't have done much better than that could he mm-hmm. if you're a bond music aficionado and you don't have a copy go get one i can't say i like everything on it but it's mm-hmm. a really good i guess fan edit of yeah <laughs> bond music with all these great performers that he managed to get roped in as well or asked to do stuff it's a great lineup from a performance point of view and it really gives an idea of how much of a bond fan honor was and how much he actually already knew and respected the work of John Barry and those who came before him. So uh, it was a great audition piece. Absolutely. Great CD. I didn't buy it myself until I think we started this journey or right before we started the journey with Raymond. I'd heard them talk about it over on James Bond Radio. And then I went out and got my copy. Yeah, it's a very cool experimental. Like Alan said, hits and misses depending on your musical taste. But I think you just have to respect it overall as a collaboration effort. So yeah, Alan's absolutely right. And also getting back to how Arnold got the job. So he's, he's done good work on Stargate Independence Day. He did the shake and, and start thing. Well, Barry and Arnold got along rather well. And Barry actually gave him sort of like the John Barry seal of approval. Like, if you need a new guy, this guy is really good. And I mean, come on. <laughs> that is an endorsement right there. And it's probably cheaper than me, too. <laughs> right, apparently. And you know what? I'll probably talk about that as we get into the score. But it is clear. It is crystal clear that David Arnold... He probably would have done this for free. I think he would have done it for free. That's how much he liked this music. So David Arnold scores the film as they're filming it going along. But the soundtrack album has a deadline that precedes the final cut of the film. So if you buy the soundtrack, the original soundtrack CD, you're missing about 30% of the music that Arnold made for it because they just had to make the CD deadline. But he wasn't done composing for the film yet. And I thought that was interesting specifically Because when we teased this episode on Twitter, one of our listeners, I want to say it was Agent I, Joseph Iliff, asked about that. Like, what happened to that missing music? And that's the answer, Agent I, if it was indeed you, if it was somebody else, I apologize. But that's the answer to why the missing music, the deadline for the CD was before they were finished editing the movie, which Arnold was going along and scoring as they went. So it just wasn't done yet. They're like, okay, here's what we have. I think they did come back and do a special edition, which I do not own, that has the missing music. I've been told that. haven't laid eyes on it myself. Yeah, that's correct. They did. Another music publisher came out with it. It was an American music publisher came out with one with the missing 
whatever it was, mm. eight tracks or whatever. Plus, they included an interview with David Arnold on that CD as well, which is pretty cool. So, oh, sounds like you might have it. I don't, actually, but it is something I need to look at. The interesting thing you, you mentioned about him scoring the, the movie as they go along, I mean, that's very unusual. Normally, the composer's brought in, in the post-production and actually has a rough cut of, of the complete movie to work to, but I was sort of reading that Arnold, even though they still weren't 100% sure, they basically waited to see what he'd come up with with the pre-credit sequence. They gave him that nine-and-a-half-minute pre-credit sequence and was like, go score that. And when he came back with a really great score for that, they were like, oh, okay, you can do the rest. But he was basically waiting for stuff to be filmed, and he didn't know how the movie was going to end. So it was sort of, as you said, a long process. I mean, we've talked before of other people writing a score in six or seven weeks, getting in there, recording it and stuff. But he was basically along for the whole ride while the movie was in production, which is very unusual for a composer to be doing that. Indeed, sir, indeed. The soundtrack album itself did not chart at all in the United Kingdom, but peaked on the U.S. charts at number 197 for one week, which is bizarre because I think in the fan community, the Bond fan community, this is one of the more highly looked upon, especially in the non-Barry canon as far as scores go. But I got to tell you, the real interesting part of the soundtrack CD and all the chaos centers around the title song which we will get into in just a moment. Did you have any other overall thoughts, Alan, before we move to title song? No, I mean, it's a really great score. I mean, to me, David Arnold is John Barry's natural successor. Blows my mind that he didn't do anything with the last few. I know. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm not quite sure what happened there. I'll probably get into that later on as we get to those points. But for me, he, he is the natural successor to John Barry, and I wish he'd scored both uh, Skyfall and Spectre. I agree. So let's get into the main title song, which is a very unique tale to this movie. Basically, the producers asked several musical acts to do a song for Tomorrow Never Dies, and not all of them knew that this was basically an audition. They kind of made it seem like they'd all been kind of offered the song. Folks like Pulp, Sanatien, Dot Allison, Swan Lee, The Fix, Duran Duran got back on the radar again. They asked several acts to do this. This was sort of what they call the cattle call experiment, and it ruffled many a feather in the musical acts that were asked since, you know, it was kind of a little sleight of hand, kind of a little trickery. This cattle call process by the producers would never be repeated again because it ended up being quite the negative experience. A lot of things went weird. To include, David Arnold teamed up with veteran Bond music writer Don Black to do the Katie Lang song, Surrender, which plays over the final credits of the film. And if you've listened to the score, and most of you probably have, the themes and tones of Surrender are worked into the score. There was a certain point where David Arnold and Don Black were fairly confident that Surrender is going to be the title song. And it wasn't. Because somebody was very, very popular, having won five Grammys in the previous two years, and that someone was Cheryl Crow. She was very popular writing high at this time, won a lot of awards. And so producers favored her version and Surrender got moved to the tail end of the song, which creates the great debate around Tomorrow Never Dies to this day. Which one do you like better? And I'm certain we'll get Alan's thoughts on that momentarily. The Cheryl Crow version uh, features lots of strings, but no horns, but they were careful to push respect to John Barry and try to get the Barry sound in there. And I do hear it. And I think they did a good job whether you're a big fan of Surrender or the Cheryl Crow version, I think the Cheryl Crow team did 
a really good job. They recorded it in just three days. They did want to pay respect and homage to Barry, and I think that does come through. The Sheryl Crow version ended up being nominated for a Golden Globe, which is the first time that has happened for a James Bond song since Sheena Easton's For Your Eyes Only. And it charted at number 12 in the United Kingdom, but did not chart in the United States. So there's your basic rundown. So I will pitch you the question, Alan, and then I want you to sort of weigh in on your overall thoughts of the theme song. Surrender or Tomorrow Never Dies? Surrender by a mile. Oh, not even close for you. Not even close, no. I, I like Surrender better too, but I think it's close. Surrender was written to be the title song by the movie's mm-hmm. composer. It's got lyrics by Don Black. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good Bond song. And as mm-hmm. you said, the, you know, it's the one, the theme that runs through. It was what was intended to be the right song. Yeah, I just feel the Cheryl Crow one was imposed, as tends to happen with the more modern Bond songs, yeah. where, where the studio has more control than maybe the producers do over the soundtrack or, or at least the title song and, and see it as a marketing exercise. I can see from a marketing point of view why they'd go with, you know, whoever was the hot property. That seems to be the way they go. Used to be they had a great song, then they'd find a singer. More recently, it's we find a singer and then we, a song's produced for that singer. So I don't know. But uh, yeah, for me, Surrender is a much better. I, I will say this just to agree with you. I think the Katie Lang's strength of vocals is really good and does outshine the strength of vocals for Cheryl Crow's version. They said they were trying to go for a bassy sound, which I know is like, no one can reach that, but a Katie Lang, she belted it. She did. I will say having just earlier today, actually sat down and gone and listened to the, uh, the things that were actually done by Pulp, San Atien, Dot Allison, Swan Lee, The Fix and Duran Duran. They could have chose a lot worse too. Um, I, I, you know me, I don't do research, so I, I did not go listen to the alternates yet. Although it's on my list of things to do, so you're telling me that the cream did get to the top, though. That's what you're telling me. I did. There's a couple. I actually really like the fix. It's a real good rocker. Duran Duran's was okay too, but I've actually added them to the YouTube playlist. I might just use one as the outro music for this episode. Well, there you go. You know, if you had to pick one, which one would you use, Alan? I think I would have gone for the fix. Okay, let's get right to it. This is Cheryl Crow's Tomorrow Never Dies.
I know what I just said. I preferred Surrender. And for me, that is the title song for this movie. But this is not bad. It's not one of my favorites. It's not wallpaper music. I do sing along to it and howl along to it. But when you compare it to what it could have been, I just think they made the wrong choice. I think they made the commercial choice, not the artistic choice. Probably so. Some things I do like about it is it almost feels like homage to Vic Flick with the, you know, like that guitar sound. I heard a little bit of that. I can't remember what the name of the instrument was. I used it from Rush With Love. Oh, it's going to bug me. So we talked about it way back then. Anyway, they, they had a little bit of that from Rush With Love <laughs> instrument in there. You need to call Raymond. Call a friend. Yeah, I have to call Raymond on that. Editor's note, it is called a balalaika. So saith the Google. Balalaika. I think there was a lot of cool homage to it. I think production-wise, it sounds good. I would like to hear that version with Katie Lang on vocals. Yeah, I think to me, that's the problem with it. I think the vocals are weak for a Bond song. It doesn't have that diva projection that a Bond song really needs. You know, when you compare to, you know, Tina Turner last time or Shirley Bassey or Gladys Knight or, you know, it just, <laughs> or even Sheena Easton or Lulu. I don't know. It just doesn't. <laughs> yeah, this, the passion isn't there, I guess. Yeah, I always felt like Sheryl Crow was almost like a popularized, almost like a folk singer kind of voice. And I'm not taking anything away from her accolades or her talent, but I agree with you. I just don't think she has that strength of voice that we like in our Bond songs. Yeah. Well, with that, let's get into my top three picks. It's my episode. I got to go first. But before I start my picks, let me just warm up with some Kung Fu. Pathetic. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll agree. That was pathetic. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Okay. If if you've ever listened to this soundtrack before, you know what my first pick is. Okay. Anybody who's ever listened to the soundtrack knows what my first pick is. It is track number two on the soundtrack is called White Knight. As Alan told us before, this was kind of like David Arnold's tryout score. And boy, he poured every bit of everything that he loves about Bond into this track. It has got callbacks and flavors to From Rush With Love. You'll hear the that's weaved in. You you can hear Barry homage left and right. I mean, he is just not shy about saying, I am a James Bond fan and I'm putting it all into this one piece. In my notes, I wrote, and I quote, it is clearly the work of a man who was dying to write a 007 score, finally getting his chance. So, without any further ado, this is one of the best James Bond tracks you're ever going to hear, and I am including John Barry in that. We're going to listen to White Knight.
as we just said off air, eight minutes, 30 seconds of gold. I mean, that whole opening sequence is one of my favorite opening sequences of a Bond movie anyway. It's one of my favorite pre-credit sequences. And this music just makes it even better. As you said, one of the best music cues tied with one of the best opening sequences. This was a man born to write 007 music. And as you said, he threw everything in there. You can make a mess of things by throwing everything in there, but he made it just work perfectly. I think if you just if you plucked somebody out, you know, someone who lives in the jungle and has never had electronics before in their life and never heard anything, and you played him some Barry music and you played him some of this, they might not be able to tell the difference at times. I mean, he is honoring Barry in there with the horns and the snare drums, but yet he does add his own exciting flavor. It's yeah. really yeah. quite remarkable. Yep. Ah, David Arnold mwah, on the White Knight. Well, speaking of awesome tracks by David Arnold, let's pick up another one. My second pick is called Company Card is track four. And in my, in my notes, I wrote, see notes for your last pick, so I'll read it again. It is clearly the work of a man who's <laughs> trying to write a 007 score, finally getting his chance. This one is very sassy, very brassy. Let's give it a listen.
Alan, come on, man. <laughs> it, just, it just nails it from the opening few notes. I mean, it's it is just a brilliant Bond track, isn't it? It, it just, is. It, it just screams Bond, Bond music. So yeah, it's like every composer that gets the Bond gig. You know, a lot of them do a lot of homage to Barry, but you know, definitely want to put their own spin to. You can tell it's Bill Conti. You can tell it's George Martin, Marvin Hamlish, and they're all good. They all put their own flavor in it. But it's like David Arnold's like, no, I'm going to run down this path, this Barry path, as far as it goes. It's still going to about David Arnold something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he just leans into it. He's not afraid to use the Bond theme at all. No. <laughs> so I love it. I do love it. And we've talked about it plenty. So I think it's time we should probably listen to it. My third track is Surrender by K.D. Lang. It is track 14 on the soundtrack. We've raved about it already. I think it has a really more old school Bond sound to it. And we've kind of already answered the big question. Alan prefers it to the opening track. I prefer it to the opening track. Again, neither one of us are down on the opening track, but we both really like Surrender. So you know what? Let's give it a listen.
one of the things I really like about that is it is about the movie. I mean, Don Black is, with the lyrics has really written the song about the movie, the references to the storytelling, the newspaper and stuff. You know, it's got that passion that we talked about earlier that I think is missing from the Cheryl Crow version. Yeah, I just, just love it. To me, it's a great Bond theme tune. So if this is not number one of your non-theme tune Bond songs with the Rogue Agents, you know, you guys are doing something wrong. Uh, I have to see it cut, how it comes out, but I, whoa, I really do like this one. Is it just me or do you get a little Thunderball vibe from those opening trumpets? Like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A great song sung beautifully, well written. Nothing not to like about Surrender. You know, you always have your ominous track, and I seem to always do the thing where I pick an actually produced song instead of a score song. But I, there was no way I was letting that one get by me. It's, it's really great. Yeah. If you hadn't picked it, I would have done so. Excellent. But I bet this soundtrack is bountiful enough for you to find three more really good things. So I pass it to you, sir. Yeah, I had no problem finding three songs. Unlike the last one, I had no problem finding three songs. <laughs> I'm mostly surprised. I didn't think Jared would have the balls for the picks that he did. But uh, as for me, I'm going to follow the first rule of the media and give the people what they want. And where better to start than with the James Bond theme, Moby style. Let's hit it and then we'll talk about it. You're a total cheater, but okay. <laughs> it's a great theme. Bond. James Bond.
Well, Alan, I got to tell you, I back in the day, probably around 2000, we used to have these things called compact discs that you listen to music on. Okay. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I made my own mix CD called Drive Fast. And it had a bunch of tunes on it that you just want to listen to when you're driving fast. Maybe skirting the edge of the law a bit. And this track was definitely on it. I think you made a great, great pick. Regale me with your opinion, sir. Well, I know it's a album-only track. It's not actually in the movie, as you to hear it, though parts of the theme are. But do I really have to explain it? I just, <laughs> no, it's freaking great. <laughs> I love this. It's an updated version of the uh, Monty Norman, John Barry theme. I rank it up alongside John Barry. Not quite as high as John Barry's 007 theme, but I'd rank it up alongside Bond 77 and all the other, you know. It's one of the classic remixes. And I just think the sampling of... Brosnan at the beginning, at the end, with his Bond, James Bond, and then just putting Connery's Goldfinger dialogue exchange in there, just tops it off. Absolutely awesome. Yeah, I could listen to it all day long. And yes, it is one of my driving songs as well. So, mm. not that we break the law or anything by going fast. Skirt the edge was the phrase I used. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will actually say that a few days when I autocross and stuff, and I tend to, when I'm waiting to go out on track, I tend to throw some stuff on the car just to get in the groove. And this is, uh, this is one of the ones that I do play before I go on track. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. It gets the blood pumping. It does indeed get the blood pumping. So let's hear from Moby about making that track in his own words. I was asked to redo the James Bond theme for tomorrow never dies, which is an honor, but also so challenging and daunting because you're being handed this iconic piece of music that is flawless. I tried to respect the original James Bond theme and sort of modernize it. I took the music as it was written, modified it to a different time signature, and then played the guitar, and then just started adding on to that. I did my best. I just wanted to do it for the fun of it and for the satisfaction of being able to spend time with this iconic piece of music. All right, my second pick. So you chose the company car. So I'm going to choose the track about the guy who drives it from the back seat. So Can't go wrong with that. This one, actually, Arnold has a little help from Alex Gifford from Propellerheads, who he worked with to do a great cover of the On a Majesty Secret Service theme on the shaken and stirred album i will say i'm not 100 percent keen on the incessant beat but it does help to drive the track along and yes that pun was intended but i think it's compensated by the weaving of both the bond and arnold's tomorrow never dies slash surrender melody in there plus the fact it scores a really fun and exciting scene i said with goldeneye that i'd never actually gone back and watched the movie after doing my score picks i did that with goldeneye I did it again with Tomorrow Never Dies after picking my three. Jill and I actually rewatched Tomorrow Never Dies uh, a couple of nights ago. It just underscored for me how great this track is in selling one of the more exciting set pieces of the movie. So my second pick is Backseat Driver, track number 13 on the original CD.
I suppose it's the more modern upbeat, up-tempo part of the score, but it still fits with everything else that Arnold was doing in paying homage to the traditional Barry sound as well. Your thoughts? If you got to remember when this movie came out, late 90s, you know, techno was big, and so it has that little techno infusion with that beat, but then they bury it up, if you will, with the quick little, you know, horn, like here and there, just like peppered in perfectly. You're right. Absolutely exciting music to punch up an already exciting scene. So wonderful choice. Wonderful choice. Okay. And you mentioned my trademark ominous undertones track. Well, uh, not a show goes by without having one in there. So that's going to be my third one. It could have been the sinking of the Devonshire, which, uh, by the way, Devonshire, not Devonshire. Thank you. <laughs> Bugs me. Ah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the sinking of the Devonshire, which was a close choice for my third pick and is very a definite uh, ominous undertones. But I'm actually going for this one instead because it's sort of, again, another great scene from the movie and one that makes me smile. And I think it's a great action scene is Station Break. So track number five on the CD. Let's give it a whirl.
one of the things I really like about this one is the fact you get little pieces that highlight the various musical instruments that if you think back to the scene, which takes place in a soundproof booth recording studio, around that room are a whole bunch of musical instruments, like a drum set, a cello, trumpet, stuff like that. So it sort of reflects the instruments that were in the scene. I just think it's a great scene, the way that Bond lets himself get beaten up until all the guys are actually in the right position for him to launch a counter-strike and use that violence against themselves. And then, of course, at the end, you get the great moment where he just picks up the ashtray and weighs it and then uses it to crack the security guy over the head it's great. before he turns all of Elliot Carver's uh, satellites off and makes him take the eponymous station break. So, yeah, I think it's a fun scene. It's a great scene. But I actually just love the fact that it's not often that you get a music cue that actually reflects the props that you see in the scene. And this one, I think, really does that really well. Absolutely. It's, it's very clever. I love the little shout out to the Dr. No right at the beginning. I mean, it's so David Arnold to just squeeze in a little nods here and there. Yeah, man, this soundtrack CD is just, we could have blindly picked three times on yeah. this thing. It yeah. still had a great show. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those, even after we've done six, it's like, oh, yeah, we could have done this one. We could have done that one. Yeah. Yeah, so, really. yeah. Yeah. Well done, David Arnold. Well, with those uh, six tracks behind us, Let's get into our bonus track. Well, this time around for the bonus track, I'm going to take it from the Tomorrow Never Dies CD. Okay, from the video game soundtrack CD. I think you're cheating a little bit here, but never mind. What? Come on now. <laughs> now, I had to take this opportunity to let folks know, if, if you're just a big fan of the Bond films and of the Bond music, great. If you would take that to another step and start listening to Bond music that was made specifically for Bond and video games. Tommy Tallarico did the entire soundtrack for the Tomorrow Never Dies video game that was on the PlayStation 1. And I'm going to tell you something. This entire soundtrack is outstanding. If you've not dipped a toe into James Bond video game music, it might not get any better than this. The Tommy Tallarico soundtrack from Tomorrow Never Dies is mwah. I'm telling you that right now. And let me not just tell you, Let's listen to one. I've selected track number 11, which is called Outpost. Let's give it a listen.
Okay, Alan, the big question. What do you think about James Bond music in video games, PlayStation 1 era? Tommy Tallarico, <laughs> lay it on me. You've sort of converted me because, as you know, I'm not a gamer. I don't play video games. The only soundtrack on a video game I'm used to is Beatles Rock Band, which is a slightly different. Because <laughs> <laughs> the only video game I play. Yeah, I'm not a gamer. I'm not familiar with the, the music from the games. But we did the last show and I was looking for cover versions. I found a lot of cover versions of Goldeneye video game music, which made me go back and listen to what they were covering. And I listened to some of the, the music from the Goldeneye game. You introduced me to this and suggested I go listen to the whole soundtrack. I've listened to, I haven't listened to all of it yet, but I've listened to a lot of it. Yeah, this is something I'm definitely going to, it's broadening my horizon on Bond-related music um, stuff. So I'm going to dive into it. I like this particular track that you chose. Um, it's obviously got some classic Bond elements to it. Yeah, I think you've just unfortunately opened up another whole area of Bond music that I need to go explore. So thank you for that, Jared. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. That was a very British thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm still learning my way around. Yeah, I think you have opened my eyes or ears to a whole area of Bond music that I was really unaware of that I'm going to have to go explore and listen to. I hope you enjoy it, but I will say this, and this is clearly subject to everyone's opinion. I think the Tommy Tallarico score for Tomorrow Never Dies might be the pinnacle of James Bond video game music. I'm certain there are people out there who are GoldenEye fans, GoldenEye 64 fans just frothing at the mouth right now. That's very good, too. But I, I just think every track on this Tommy Tellerico CD, it's much like David Arnold. He totally leans into the Bond thing, and it's it's really, really quite wonderful. So I'm, I'm glad you're digging it. Yeah, I am. And as you mentioned a couple of times, the YouTube playlist. So as usual, I put together the usual playlist of covers on YouTube for this month. And those are some interesting finds this month. I found an acapella group. A couple of good saxophone versions of Tomorrow Never Dies, a Spanish guitar version for Jared, and a nice funky jazz band from Moscow who do a very interesting version of Tomorrow Never Dies. And I've also included a couple of Surrender covers. There's not that many of those out there, unfortunately. And I've also added, as I mentioned earlier, the rejected songs from Pulp, San Atien, Dot Allison, Swan Lee, The Fix, and Duran Duran. Some of them have really, really imaginative retitling of them to things like Tomorrow Never Lies, and Tomorrow Never Comes. So really imaginative ones. The fixed one is actually, which I said I really liked, it's a good rocking one, is, is retitled Fatal Sure. And as usual, if you want to find the playlist, you can just search for Bond Music, City of the Best, or we'll put the direct link in the show notes. It's over to you, Jared. That will bring us to the end of this episode of Bond Music, Six of the Best. Got a question or a comment? You can always email us at ohmspod at outlook.com or comment on our Twitter, which is at OHMSpod. Don't forget to subscribe to On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And if you can leave a rating and a review, that'd be great. Or if you'd like to chat with us personally on social media, I can be found at Yard Sale Artists, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parlor, and YouTube. It's all Yard Sale Artists. Alan, what about you, sir? For James Bond-related stuff, you can find me on Twitter at BondLexicon and on Tumblr and Instagram at JamesBondLexicon. And over at the JamesBondLexicon.online website, there's actually a new addition to the 007 missions section covering all the Eon movies with plot summaries and links to OHMS pod movie reviews, rookie agents, as well as the soundtrack review shows as far as we've got. Again, that's JamesBondLexicon.online and the 007 missions section. You can find links to all those podcasts. And as always, we will now pass the baton to White Rocket founder and OHMS pod co-host, 
Van Allen Plexico to thank our generous patrons who support all of our White Rocket endeavors and who we could not do these shows without. So just go to www.plexico.net, P-L-E-X-I-C-O.net, or you can just go to patreon.com and search for White Rocket and join up. And it's for as little as a dollar a month, you get to be part of the show. And we send out, we, I post things occasionally on the Patreon page of interest. And you get previews, you get special deals, special offers, and discounts on things that we do. And you sometimes get shows before the, uh, the regular audience does. Here are the fine folks who are currently keeping our programs on the air that we owe everything to. Samuel Salvatore and Bart Lindsay. Uh, Bradley Blackman, Brian Gray, Chris Usher, Gary Grant, Logan Chilton, Phil Amthor, Richard Stevens, Steve Trawick, Susan Trawick, Tom Anderson, Willie Carden, Ann Kanzian, A.U. Falling Up, Ben Bloodsworth, Clay Henson, Dan Thompson, Daniel Odom, David Evers, David Hegler, Emmanuel Seaman, George Gaston, Jacob and Robin Fleming, James Greenwell, Joel Beckham, John Otsuki, Catherine England, Kevin Smith, Mickey B, Phil Davis, Preston Settle, Reynolds Wolf, Rich Reimer, Steve Harlan, Timothy, WDE Richie, Wes Atkinson, William Morgan, Wilson Beard, Winston Body, Alex Nguyen, Blake Heron, Boris the Tiger, Cato the Barner, Chris Hilton, Chris Thrash, Colby Butler, Danny Flack, Plus, Darius Benton, David Simpson, Dibama, Earl Ricks, Eric Mahan, Hugh Anderson, Josh Teal, Kevin Kenoy, Kevin Mahan, Lane Middleton, Mike Finley, Papa Todd, Randall Walker, Rob Morgan, Ross, Russell Milling, Shannon Butson, Sarah Hines, Shane Bailey, Snowdog, Stephen Houston, Tim Pittman, Todd Gray, Tony Perry, Auburn Elvis, Ben Amos, Brandon Sisson, Brandon Smith, Chris Camo, Darren Pyle, David Smiley, Don, Donnie Reynolds, plus Ivor Evans, James Taylor, Jason Albrecht, John Stubbs, John Zavachin, Joey Miller, Joseph Iliff, Justin Bean, Lawrence Kane, Mark Squire, Matthew Flowers, Mick Vigicana, Nicholas Craig, Patrick Williams, Paul Bankson, Robert Drain, Robert O. Sammons, Russell Souther, Ruth and Darren Sutherland, that's the truth, Ruth, Spanky, Stephen Thompson, Trevor Johnson, Kenneth Brent Rains, Brant Rumble, and Chris Plus, our one-time and anonymous donors, we thank you all so much. Go to www.plexico.net or just go to www.patreon.com and sign up and join the family. Thanks for joining us for this episode. This episode's tracks are, as we mentioned, from the original 1997 Tomorrow Never Dies soundtrack CD, which only covers the first two-thirds of the movie, but we still managed to find six good ones. As always, we'd like to remind you to legally purchase your Bond music via official download channels or via CD or vinyl. Please support the Bond creative community and we will be back with six of the best from The World Is Not Enough and another dose of David Arnold goodness. time.
Don't even. Have, I'm gonna do all the songs today. I'm not gonna answer anything. <laughs> sing them all. <laughs> all right, here we go. Maybe we get to that point. I'll do some research and find out. <laughs> well, there's a first time for everything, I guess. Yeah, everybody, calm down. All right. <laughs> I will sing along too. I like singing along. <laughs> Related. Sorry. Uh, I, sorry, I had to. Um, I had to uh, unmute you. Yeah. Yeah. So you just don't trust me, do you? No. Okay. <laughs> I'll fix it all in post. All right. <laughs> As usual.